Hey, this is David Dearman. I'm the pastor at Memphis Tabernacle, and this is our podcast. I wanted to thank you for joining us today. I hope that this message inspires you and builds your faith. I hope that it gives you fresh insight and strength to see God move in your life. Enjoy the message. All right, we're going to turn to two places. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 55, if you would turn there with me. Isaiah chapter 55. And uh, we're also going to look at uh, Luke, or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6. So Isaiah 55, uh, verse 7 through 9, and then we're going to look in uh, Matthew chapter 6 today. It says this today, we'll have the words up on the screen. If, uh, if uh, you don't have those words, um, let's read this together though. In Isaiah chapter 55, starting in verse 7, it says, let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God and he will abundantly pardon. Read this with me. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Isaiah is speaking to a people that are supposed to be connected to God, and for many years they've kind of done their own thing back and forth. They kind of are serving God partially loving him, but they're also running after other things. And so Isaiah reminds the people, hey, God's ways are higher than your ways. His thoughts are higher than your thoughts. And he says to them in verse 7, return to the Lord, which tells us that they're people that know who God is. It's not somebody else like, hey, come and hear and find out who he is, but it says return to the Lord. Return to the Lord. So they are people that already know God, and he's trying to adjust their thinking and how they're approaching life and what they're doing. And, they're, and he's saying, hey, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not, your, are not your thoughts. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Jump over with, uh, with me to Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6 and uh, verses 31 through 34, and this is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says this, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things, but seek First, the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Today, I want to talk to you, and the title of my message is this, Unmeeting My Expectations. Unmeeting My Expectations. No, no, that's not probably good English, but that's okay. The whole point is this, that in life, we have all kinds of expectations. We have our preferences. We have the things that we like, that we don't like, and uh, we have these things called expectations. Anybody have expectations? 
I know I do. And, uh, you know, there's so many examples of life where you can go, man, I had this expectation that this is how it was going to go, and gosh, it didn't turn out any anything like that. Has anybody had that happen before, right? You go, hey, uh, I'm going to get this uh, task done in my on my house. I'm going to have somebody coming and work, and they're going to work, and then... Y- y- they come and, and you talk about it and you go, yeah, this is what you're going to do, right? Yep, yep, that's what I'm going to do. And they get done and you go, well, that's not what we talked about. And they go, well, of course it is. You said do this. And you go, no, 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 no. That's not what, what, what just happened. You had expectations that for some reason either they didn't catch them, they didn't hear them, or they just were on a totally different train of thought when you talked about it, and then what happens? They don't meet up to your expectations. And unfortunately, sometimes in our lives, our expectations are what drive us to do everything. And our expectations end up becoming our preferences that we put up above everything else. Because it's what I like to do. It's what I prefer. It's what I want. And so today, uh, to help us unfold unmeeting my expectations or your expectations, I just want to talk about four things, uh, four things that when we focus on our expectations, that our expectations can lead to. And then I want to give you four things that kind of help us readjust and Go after what God wants for us. So number one, when we focus on our expectations, our expectations, they leave us drained. What do you mean by that? Well, they leave us spiritually drained, emotionally drained, right? Come on. Anybody been there? Yeah, come on. You, because what happens, you have these, you set these high expectations, this high bar, like it's going to be amazing and it's going to be this and that. And you work so hard to try and achieve that. And when you work so hard at that, it can end up leaving you drained, exhausted. I'm tired. I don't have capacity for that anymore. Anybody been at the end of the day and you're just like, I don't want to talk to anybody else. And it's not because you don't like them or you don't love them. You're just like, you're done. You ain't got nothing left. And so you're like, I'm drained, I'm exhausted, and I've put too much on my expectations. Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42 says this. As Jesus and the disciples continued on their way to Jerusalem, they came to a a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. Her sister Mary sat at the, the Lord's feet listening to what he taught. But Martha was distracted. Just say distracted. She was distracted by the big dinner she was preparing. She came to Jesus and said, Lord, doesn't it seem unfair to you that my sister just sits here? Will, you, will I do all the work? Tell her to come and help me. And Jesus is like, come on now. But the Lord said to her, my dear Martha, you are worried and upset over all these details. There is only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it will not be taken away from her. What happens? We get so busy doing this and that and trying to get through life, and we think, well, if my house doesn't look a certain way, well, then, you know, people are going to think less of me if I don't drive that car, if I don't have this, if I don't seem like I got it all together when I come to church or to work or whatever it would be. 
And we keep working towards those expectations. And man, it exhausts your body. And guess what? If you don't address that quickly, what, does it hap- what happens? It turns into burnout. You can spiral so quickly down and down and down. And it all starts when we have expectations and they leave us drained. See, this is where we get into a cycle of thinking, if I work a little harder, if I work a little longer, if I just give a little extra, I'll make it work. I'll make it happen. I know for me, there was a time I was at a former employer and I was working 8, 8.30 in the morning till 5.30, 6 o'clock at night. I'd come home eat dinner with the family, we'd do something for a little bit, kids would go to sleep, I'd get back on my laptop, and I'd start working again. And I work, and I work, and I work. Midnight, one o'clock, I finally go to bed. What time? I get up, oh, five, 5.30, oh, I'm right into work. Gotta work, gotta work, gotta work, gotta work. And I know for me that there was this time where I just felt like, gosh, if Maybe if I just work some extra hours and you stand back and you go, man, I worked 80 hours this week. How could I work? How could I give anything more? I'm going to sacrifice my family. I'm going to sacrifice many other things in the process because I'm going after this thing. And so I I remember one particular time, my wife and I, Lauren, we were going to go on a trip and uh, we were going to get out of town for a few days. We we're going to go to Charleston, South Carolina. Man, I love that city. I've been there a couple times. Really enjoy it. It was our first time going. And uh, to make the most of it, we got the earliest flight possible, which meant it left at 5.30 a.m. from Minneapolis. That's where we were living at the time. It was a 5.30 a.m. Delta flight from Minneapolis to Atlanta, and then Atlanta to, to, to over to Charleston. And I remember, though, I was working so much, and I was like, I want to go on this vacation. I want to be able to enjoy it, and I can't work. And so what did I do? Midnight, 12.30, 1 o'clock, 1.30, 2 o'clock, 2.15, 2.30. Oh, man, I better go to sleep. It ain't going to happen. Okay, 2.45, 3 o'clock. And what happened? I just stayed up, and I worked the entire night. And what happened? We went on the trip. I slept on both flights. We get to Charleston. I was exhausted because I was so drained. See, one of the things that happens is that when we keep focusing on going and going and going, we actually have to come back and we have to recognize that at some point, I can't do everything. I can't be there for everyone. I can't make it happen. I just don't have the resources. I don't have the time. I don't have the capacity. And so we take on this pressure onto ourselves of, I got to do, I got to do, I got to do, I got to give more. Number two, our expectations, when we focus on them, they can leave us unfulfilled. And, and unfulfilled is, is a little different in that there's something there, like you got a little bit of something, but it's just not fully there. Like, it's not completely there. Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 7 so this is when Jesus has already died. He's, he's come back from the, from the grave, and he's with his disciples. And uh, in Acts chapter 1, it says this in verse 4, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized 
with the Holy Spirit. Not many days from now. Therefore, in verse 6, it says, Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? And he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority. See, these disciples, these people, they were expecting that when Jesus came, they were looking for Messiah to come. And uh, they were looking for Messiah to put everything to back and to restore the kingdom of Israel. They were going to be this power, this kingdom. They were going to be back on top. And, uh, and Jesus had a different timeline. So he did come back. <laughs> He's coming back, right? But he wasn't at that time restoring the kingdom that they thought. They had something that unfulfilled them because they were expecting, oh man, Jesus is back. It's going to be this awesome kingdom, right? It says that. When are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They had this expectation that here he is, and he is going to make everything right. All of these struggles, all these years, and yet there was something that was unfulfilled in them. After all this time with Jesus, the disciples were still missing the point. They were still missing the point. They're looking for this earthly thing that is going to help give them back what they thought was and, and was rightfully theirs. And yet, all this time, Jesus is pointing them to something new, the promise of the Holy Spirit. They were focused on earthly things, and Jesus was focused on spiritual, heavenly things to give them. So when we focus too much on our expectations, they become unfulfilled, right? Because we look at things, and we go, things are going to make me feel better. Uh, if I only have more, I'll... I'll be okay, <laughs> right? I'm going to feel complete, and I'm going to have, I, I'll have it all together, and I'm going to look good, I'll have the part, and I'm going to feel good because I got everything together. But guess what? Those things leave us empty. They leave us unfulfilled because they don't last long. If you have something, you got to add more to it to kind of keep your attention and keep going. Our expectations, number three, our expectations, when we focus on them, they can become a snare to us, a snare to us. In First Samuel chapter 4, uh, we read this just the other day in our uh, Life Journal reading that we read every day together as a church. First Samuel chapter 4, it says this, And Samuel's word came to all Israel. Now the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites camped at Ebenezer and the Philistines at Aphek. The Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel, and as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of them on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel asked, why did the Lord bring defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let us bring the ark of the Lord's covenant from Shiloh so that he may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. So see, over time and time again, the people knew that God was there. They had the Ark of the Covenant. There was the tabernacle that was set up in Shiloh. They had the articles that represented God that they continued to focus on and go after. And so in this battle, they get defeated and they go, oh, we know what happened. We don't have 
the ark of God with us, which represents his presence. If we have that with us out on the battlefield, we won't get defeated. So they go and get it. And if you read further in chapter 4 of 1 Samuel, it says they go out, they hear this huge roar from the Israel camp because here comes the Ark of the Covenant. That's their, that is their symbol of God's presence. And it comes and the Philistines say, oh man, they're going to fight like they've never fought before. And so we need to fight like we've never fought before. And they go out and they rout Israel completely. And the Ark of the Covenant is captured and taken by the Philistines. The priest's sons, Eli's sons, both die. They're killed. And many, many soldiers die that day. Well, what happened is that they looked at this article as, well, no matter what happens in life, if we just have this article that represents God's presence, we won't be defeated. But they were mistaken because it says that they were apart from God. They weren't following God. They weren't seeking after God. It was really just a form of God's presence, but they weren't actually practicing God's presence. And so what happened is that this symbol of God's presence became a snare to them. Later, uh, at the end of chapter 4 in 1 Samuel, uh, the, the wife of one of the priests that was killed... She was pregnant and she goes into labor because all of this news is overwhelming. Her husband dies, her brother-in-law dies, all of these people die. Her father-in-law, after he hears the news, falls back, hits his neck and is killed. He dies all in the same thing. And the emotions are overwhelming. She goes into labor and uh, as she delivers the boy, she names him Ichabod. Ichabod, okay? And Ichabod just says, is this, the glory has departed from Israel. The glory has departed from Israel. Because of the capture of the ark of God and the deaths of her father-in-law and her husband, she said, the glory has departed from Israel, for the ark of God has been captured. See, what can happen is then when we focus too much on our expectations, what I want, what I prefer, what I would like, they can become a snare to our own lives, our appetites, our desires. We become so focused on getting what I want that we can set aside other things, including God. We can miss out on God's presence because, well, that's just not what I like and I don't prefer that, I don't care for that. And we can miss out on it because we're so focused on our expectations and what we want. Number four, when we focus too much on our expectations, our expectations can leave us empty. Not just something there and we're missing a little bit like unfulfilled, but completely empty. In Mark chapter 10 and verses 17 through 22, it says this. Now, as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? But no one is good. Uh, no one is good, but one that is God. You know, the commandments do not commit adultery. Do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and your mother. And he, this young guy, as, as many times he's labeled as the rich young ruler, he says uh, to him, to Jesus, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. 
for a long time, many years. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give it to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come take up your cross and follow me. Then verse 22 says this, but this young guy, but he was sad at the word and he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. See this young guy, he had so much possessions. He was wealthy. He had it together. He had the finances or the means, whatever you would call it. And yet on the inside, what does it say? He walked away sorrowful. Why? Because he was empty on the inside. Because those material things didn't fill him. Why? Because there was a void in his heart. There was a void in his life. And that was Jesus that he desperately needed. He was right there. And so for us, we need to shift our focus away from doing things and being with God. And uh, we need to shift our focus away from what I want, what's my agenda, what's my expectation, and fix our focus on God. What does God want? What does he have for me? What does he want to do in my life, in me, and through me? So I gave you four things when we focus on our expectations, what they can do. They can leave us drained. They can leave us unfulfilled. They become a snare to us, and they can leave us empty. But the good news is this. When we focus on God and what he wants for us, I've got four things for you, okay? They'll go quick. Number one, he gives rest. Jesus gives rest. So instead of working hard and toil and all these kind of things, Jesus gives us rest. We're ready to go. Man, I'm ready to go after this things. We can function from a place of rest, a place of being rejuvenated rather than from a place of, de of depletion. So our answer is this in Psalm 127 verses 1 and 2. It says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early. All the night I will say, yes, come on now. It's a vain thing to rise up early. To, uh, to sit up late, all of the early risers go, come on, that's right. You should have got your rear end out of bed. Uh, it's, it's pointless to do that, to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he gives his beloved sleep. So instead of working ourselves to a place where we're completely exhausted, I've got nothing left, Jesus gives us rest. He gives us rest. And Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus said this, Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So when we come to God and we focus on God, he gives us rest. And then that rest allows us to go after things in life, right? You're not exhausted. You're like, oh, I just don't have anything else to give. Man, you're, you need to get some rest in the Lord. Number two, when we focus on what God wants, he gives us power and direction. We read uh, earlier in Acts chapter 1, where he was telling them, hey, stay here, wait for the promise of the Father, which is the Holy Spirit. 
And uh, when we focus on what God wants, what he has for us, he'll give us power and direction. We no longer have a void. We're no longer wandering aimlessly, right? I just, what, what are you doing? I don't know. I just don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. No, Jesus will give you direction. And he'll give you power to walk it out as well. Acts 1a, but you shall receive power. Come on, say it with me. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Not only did Jesus give them power, but he gave them direction. What are you supposed to do? Start right here. Well, what about that? Don't worry about that. Start right here. He gives you power and direction. Start where Jesus gives direction. Number three, when we focus on what God wants, what he has for us, he gives us clarity. He gives clarity, right? Have you ever been swimming in a lake and you get in the water and it's so murky that you can't see anything? Like you're like, I'm not sure. Is there... Is something going to come and eat me? Well, it's a lake, so probably not something going to eat you. Unless if you're really far down and maybe there's some alligators or other things. But anyways, you've been in water, though, and you get in there, and man, it's so murky you can't see through. And what happens? You get into like a, a pool where it's clean and clear. Now, you don't hold your eyes open too long or if it's chlorine, but a freshwater pool, you open your eyes, you can look, right? It's clear. You can see all the way across it. Jesus gives us clarity. When we come to Jesus, when we focus on, on him and instead of ourselves, he helps to adjust our priority. And he helps us to place him first in our lives. Psalm 37 verses 3 through 4 says this, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Not do good and then trust the Lord. Like, well, I'm going to try and go out there. I'm going to do these things. And I'll trust God with the process. No, start with God. Trust him first. And then go out and do what you need to do. Dwell in the land. Feed on his faithfulness. He's a faithful God. Verse 4 says this. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. I don't know about you, but I remember being uh, younger, and there was things on the inside that I was going after those things instead of after God. And I remember this word speaking so clearly to me, reading through the Bible and going, oh, I need to adjust my focus. I need to look at what God wants for me, what he has for me, and he will give you clarity. Why? Because when you place God first, he'll clear, clarify everything else. He'll give you clear steps on what you should do and how you should follow him. Number four, when we focus on God and what he wants, he gives us purpose. He gives us purpose. So, right, we're no longer empty like I'm missing something on the inside, a whole chunk of me, but he gives us purpose. Colossians chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses thir- uh, 23 through 24 says this, Work willingly at whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Why? People will drain you. <laughs> people will make you tired. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward, and that the master you are serving is Christ. What happens is that we're adjusting our focus from ourselves to what God wants. 
Because when we focus on what we want, it leaves us what? It leaves us tired. It leaves us unfulfilled. It can become a snare to us, like it can lead us the wrong way. And it can leave us feeling empty when we focus on ourselves. But when we turn and focus on what God wants, he gives us rest. Amen? True rest. He gives us power and direction. We're no longer just flailing about like, I don't know what's going on. But no, he leads us and he guides us. He gives us clarity. He adjusts our priorities so instead of on us, it's on him and what he has and what he wants. Colossians, again, uh, gives us that clarity on he gives us purpose. We're not just working, doing things, but God has purpose for us, and he's leading us and guiding us. And uh, as we close today, I want to read back on uh, what it says in Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. Or excuse me, Matthew chapter 6, verses 31 through 34. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. What happens? We seek after things. We're going after them. And what Jesus is trying to do is saying, hey, come after me. Put me first. Look to me first, not to these other things. Why? Because your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. You don't have to put pressure on yourself to make things happen, right? I got to work a little harder. I got to make more money. I got to find this other thing. I got to have this side hustle. Well, that's good if you need to do it. Go after it. But if you're thinking you're the source when God is, <laughs> man, you're going to drain yourself. You're going to leave yourself hanging. The Father already knows what you need. The Father already knows what you need. Man, that takes the pressure off. <sighs> I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to figure out all the steps. Do we still have to steward what we have? We do. We still got to manage what God has given us. But it takes off that pressure that I don't have to make it happen all on my own because he already knows. The Father already knows what you need. And Jesus tells us this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Adjust your focus. Adjust your expectations. Instead of meeting your expectations, go after what God wants for you. Seek what he has. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. The day has its own trouble. <laughs> we don't have to add pressure to ourselves and try and worry about these things, right? Because if worry did anything, I would be taller, right? It says that earlier. He says that. Jesus says, you know, can you add any height to your stature if you worry. Well, I've done a lot of worrying, and I can tell you, I haven't grown any taller, even though it's the desire of my heart. That's okay, right? So we're going after what God wants and adjusting our expectations and seeking the Lord. Amen? Why don't you close your eyes today? We're going to take just about maybe a minute, minute and a half, and what I would like you to do or encourage you to do is open your heart to the Lord 
and say to him, God, is there any area in my life where I need to make an adjustment? Is there any place where I've been going so hard after what I want, what I desire, what I'm hopeful for, that in the process, you have drained yourself? Or maybe you feel unfulfilled, like, man, there's just something missing on the inside of me. Maybe you've actually been caught in a trap and a snare of what you want so much that you've missed out on what God has for you. Or maybe you're empty today. I don't know where you're at today. But let's just take a, a little bit of time and respond to the Lord and, and say, Jesus, is there any area in my life that needs to be adjusted? Anything that needs to be changed? Lord, we look to you today. We humble ourselves. That's what your word tells us to do, that if we would humble ourselves and submit ourselves to you, that you would lift us up, that you would exalt us, that the enemy would have to flee. He can't hang around because we've submitted ourselves to you. And so, Lord, today we just take a few moments to lay aside any expectation that we've created, that we've made. We look to you today. We love you. We praise you today. If there's anyone here today, in person or even online, you're listening to the message. Maybe you've never said yes to Jesus before. Maybe you have before, but maybe you're not walking with him right now. Just want to give you an invitation, an opportunity to say yes to him again. I try and do this mo most every day. Start my day by saying yes to Jesus. I need you, Jesus. I'm just going to lead us in a quick prayer. If you've said it before, say it with us again. If it's your first time, dig in deep from the bottom of your heart and tell these words to Jesus. Just repeat after me. Jesus, I need you. Without you, I'm lost. Without you, I don't have purpose. Give me your presence. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I receive life from you today. I thank you that I have eternity. No matter what happens in this life, I thank you for your gift for me. We give you praise today. We bless you today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your gift of life. Come on, let's just respond to him for just a moment. We give you praise today. Thank you for working in us and loving us, God. We're so grateful, Lord, for working in our hearts today. Thank you for your word and let your truth wash us. Any crevice, any crack in our lives, God, where we've been left empty or unfulfilled, God. If we work too hard and we've set aside what you have for us, God, we receive rest from you today well i hope you enjoyed the podcast today and if you did i'd like to ask you to subscribe to our show that way the most recent episode will always be in your feed ready when you are god bless you and i'll see you next time on the memphis tabernacle podcast